Our grace to you and peace from our God and Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, dear friends, in our world today, it's natural to ask, uh, why? Why is there evil? Why are bad things happening? Why do some of our uh, close relationships not even seem to work out? And our Lord, he comes to instruct us in that why. He lets us know that the devil is present and that, in fact, he is the one who plants weeds in our garden, who puts the weeds in our uh, very lives. Now, of course, uh, the analogy of, of gardening, of, of farming, you know, is still relevant uh, today, just as it was those uh, 2,000 years ago. We can well imagine, you know, people <coughs> mostly engaged in that profession. And, and so it comes to our, our mind, you know, we would say, well, perhaps why wasn't the farmer skilled enough to realize the weeds early on, right? Because many of you have had uh, gardens, many of you commonly have to, to spray your crops for uh, various weeds, and, and, and you might ask that question. But in the original text, it, it kind of reveals the answer. Uh, this particular kind of weed looked uh, to an even experienced eye just like wheat until it came time for the head to form. And so the, the farmer, believing that he is a plant, a good seed, is watching as the crops uh, grow. He, he's waiting, he's anticipating, he thinks that everything is fine until the head of the wheat stalk begins to form and suddenly he becomes aware some of these plants aren't wheat. Okay, well, what's going on? I, I don't understand. I, I, I did my best. I tilled the soil. I, I prepared it. I bought the best seed available. I, I put it in the ground. Now, well, what has happened? And that could well be an analogy for, for our lives, right? Because you, you know what? In, in your relationships, in, in protecting your, your children, in, in their upbringing, uh, right, you, you you didn't let you know some guy with a, a Satan tattoo on his forehead come into your house and and, and hang out with your kids. Uh, it, it was never that way, was it? But so you know, we we can understand how it comes uh, to be that you know suddenly uh, there are weeds around. Suddenly, we, we don't know what, what happened, but they're uh, present, and, and, and now they're, they're kind of bothering us. Maybe as I'm speaking, you know, some things come to your mind. They're, they're bothering you today. Right? Some things, are, they're just not quite right. And what are you going to do? What can you do? And the Lord comes to us, he shares his understanding. He, he, he says, guess what? I, I understand how in your relationships, 
you know, that these things can become tangled together, right? Just as the weed has grown almost to its full height and the wheat was growing right beside it, now their roots are tangled together. What are you going to do about that? And the, the man in our parable for today, he, he says, you know what? If you pull out the weed, it's probably going to take out the wheat plant as well. And so what we're going to do is we're going to wait for the harvest. And then you're first going to go through and harvest the weeds and bind them in bundles and prepare them to be burned. And then we'll come and harvest the wheat and gather it into the barn. And the Lord goes on to tell us that it's going to be that way at the very end on Judgment Day, that the angels, the holy ones of God, will come through society. They will harvest out the weeds. They'll take out the bad apples, you know. They'll bind them into sheaves and prepare them for eternal destruction. And then those of us who are in Christ will be taken home to be with God. In that analogy, you know, where do you want to be, obviously? Right? You want to make it home. You want to be able to go and be with the Lord. You want to make it into heaven. You want to be gathered into the barn. You see, the, the Lord, he, he tells it like it is, right? In this world, there's going to be trouble. In this world, Satan is going to have his sway. In this world, some people are going to be minions of Satan. They're going to do his will. I know that they're going to get tangled up with you, right? But he also kind of lets us know the reason I allow them to continue to be there is because if I ripped them out, it maybe would damage you too much, right? Hey, we think about our, our relationships in this world and how we're interconnected and how you know, our, our roots kind of intertwine at times, right? And, and so you can maybe think to yourself that, that maybe, yeah, hope I'm not, not stepping on your toes or, or you know, putting my, my finger in your wound today, but maybe in your life, right, some weeds have intertwined with the roots of others that you love and if somehow you chase that person away, somehow you got rid of that person, you can maybe imagine the damage that could be caused by that. Now, we'd like our garden to be weed-free. Yeah, certainly. But if some of the weeds have gotten so big and they would damage the real plants that we want to preserve, we might have to leave them alone for a time. It might just be that way. It kind of helps us understand. You know, maybe you've been praying. You say, Lord, you know, get that young man away from my granddaughter. You could have a prayer like that, right? And then you say, well, why isn't the Lord answering my prayer? And maybe that's a part of the answer today, that if somehow that, that person were just ripped out of uh, your life, that their roots being intertwined would create greater harm. 
I know I've probably shared this story with you before, but when I was uh, on Vicarage, we had a, a family in our congregation going through this uh, that kind of turmoil, where the, the daughter uh, finishing her junior year of, of high school was on track to be the valedictorian of her class. And over the summer, she became involved with a young man that had dropped out of school. Uh, he, he was living in kind of a, a junky trailer house. He, he was uh, drinking all the time. And her father came into my office one day and he said, you know what, I, I, I'm at, at the end uh, of myself. I, I don't know what I can do. Last night, right, the, the young man came to my house and he smelled of alcohol. And I told my daughter she couldn't go with him. And of course, being 17, she said it was her life and, and, and she was going to go. And, and all I could do is gather her up in my arms and I carried her down the basement. And I just held her for a couple hours until she settled down. And she was calling me names and saying what a bad dad I was. And I don't think I can go through that again. But how can I let her go out with someone who's drunk when they show up at my door? The, the cry not of a parent's heart. How can I take care of my kids considering the evil influences that are all around? How can I make it through? I, I hope that you've never been in a situation that extreme, but we do have things kind of like that in, in most of our lives, don't we? Where there are weeds in the garden. We can see the, the weed. We can identify it. We, we want to be able to, to just maybe pull it out and, and, and throw it away somehow, but we can't. It's beyond our ability. What you know, can we do? And, and we hurt. And we have despair. But maybe the, the second thing that I, I want to talk about, though, is, you know, the, the practical application. Because now, now we have the teaching. And in fact, this is the, the teaching that Jesus himself gave uh, to the disciples. But, but guess what? If you and I go about our world and we look at people and go, oh, there's a weed. Oh, oh, there's a weed. Oh, there's another weed. Oh, oh hey, there's some weed. It really maybe begins to affect our ability to witness, doesn't it? Because the fact of the matter is, Jesus himself said it in another place, you know, that you know, everyone has sinned, right? Everyone has fallen short. Everyone has demonstrated attributes of a weed at times, right? And the Bible also says that God desires for everyone to be saved and for everyone to come uh, to the knowledge of him. And so if you and I are looking at people, go, oh, there's a weed. See? Uh, we don't see them as people anymore, do we? I mean, in fact, we, we don't see them as you know, children uh, of God anymore. We, we kind of start to lose our ability to minister to others, don't we? And, and so it's kind of that, that whole concept of, of being, you know, born 
again is the, the fact that uh, the Holy Spirit is able to come upon a weed and you know tweak its genetics a little bit, right? We could talk in more modern terms. And suddenly that, that weed is changed and that weed is able to produce a fruit and, and that weed becomes worthy of being saved, doesn't it? The people that know Jesus, they're going to heaven. And if you know Jesus, it changes your life. And, and when you come to know the, the Lord, you're not a weed anymore, but you become that stock of precious wheat that can be gathered into the barn, you see. And, and so, yeah, it, it's kind of a mistake if we're, oh, weed. And, oh, there's some weed. Oh, ah, oh, we, oh, we, oh, oh, bad. So we want to be able to look at, at all people and we want to be able to see there is a child of God. There is someone knit together in their mother's womb by the Lord. There is someone that Jesus died for. There is someone that God loves so much that he sent Jesus to forgive their sin. And so, yeah, we, we do have, you know, kind of the, the instruction, okay? We ask the question, why, the, you know, teacher, why why is it like this? And, and the teacher, you know, gives a, a you know, a, a good ivory tower answer. Well, it's because there's weeds in the garden. But then we have the, the practical application where we have to be able to go out and we need to be able to say, ah, you know, there is someone precious. And they've gone astray. And yeah, they're exhibiting attributes of a weed. But by sharing the gospel, that could change. That person could come to be saved. And that really is where we want to be, isn't it? We want to have that kind of a softness that the Holy Spirit also you know, places upon us where, where we can look at, at you know, the, the world and we can say academically, right, there's a lot of problems and, and in an academic sense, you know, that there's a separation and, and some of those people, you know, they, they need some, some extra help maybe, right? but we don't want to just, you know, be called, called them names, do we? That's, that's not where we want to be. And, and yet on the other hand, Right? We're called to protect the kids, right? I don't know if you thought a, a lot about that, but you know Jesus himself gives a, a pretty scary, um, you know, a, analogy, um, a scary truth when he says, "If anyone leads one of these little ones astray, it would be better for them to have a millstone hung around their neck." and to be cast into the sea. Now you think about that, that seems like a really harsh punishment, doesn't it? Now imagine being, being you know, rowed out or, or sailed out even into the ocean and, and someone would hang a, a millstone around your neck and then they just would kind of push you off the boat. And, and Jesus says that is what people who lead little ones astray are worthy of, that they should have that kind of a punishment. And in this world, right, little ones are being led astray, aren't they? 
in, in this world, in our education system, our, our, our teachers intentionally um, leading little children into sin. And it, it should not be that way. Our Lord, he comes and he tells us we need to protect our kids. We, we need to take care of them. We need to save them from immorality. We need to not be the ones that say, oh, hey, just, you know, listen to whatever your teacher says at the school. No, just kind of be obedient and, and get along. But we need to be able to protect our little ones, especially. Right? We're called to do that. Otherwise, we become part of the problem, don't we? And so certainly there's a time to speak against sin, isn't there? A time to do the right kinds of things. The Bible tells us, you know, that, that some are going to be saved. And a lot, they're going to be lost. And so we need to be able to protect our kids. Uh, that really is, is what the fella in my story for this morning did, didn't he? You know, seeing that his daughter had, had become involved with, yeah, bad company, right? Another scripture, do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Be sober-minded as thou art, right? He sees the danger to his child. Well, yeah, she's 17. She thinks that, you know, she's all grown. But he saw the danger. He took action, even though it was painful for him, even though perhaps his daughter didn't appreciate it, <coughs> even though she was maybe yelling uh, terrible things at him through that time. He did what he needed to do to provide that protection. Right? We need to be able to protect our kids. Now, uh, dear friends, in, in this particular case, uh, the man and, and his uh, wife, they were able to begin to organize visits to the different universities their daughter had been accepted to. They were able to, to show her uh, essentially what her life could be if she continued on in school and continued to do well in her classes, that she would have freedom uh, to be able to leave home, to choose among several different wonderful places to go and further her education, uh, to be able to develop her, herself mentally and to grow in many and various ways as she was pursuing a higher education. And in her mind, she was able to come to see that maybe living in a, a junkie trailer house with someone who has a drinking problem is a, a lot different than uh, going to an advanced university and continuing to apply her mind and her talents uh, for the glory of God. She was able through that time to find that realization. And yeah, her grades suffered a bit, right? She was in bad company for a time, but she graduated a second in her class and indeed was still able to go off to the university. You see, there comes the time as well, doesn't there? Well, we need to protect our kids when we maybe need to take some kind of action that, that's not popular, when we need to be able to, to stand our ground and, and say, yeah, no bad company corrupts good morals. 
And we need to be able to say, yeah, it, it'd be better for me as a parent to have a millstone hung around my neck and for me to be thrown into the sea that allow you know these things to take place in my family. And so, well, it, it's a balancing act, isn't it? And, and maybe it has to do with the, the seasons in our life as well. Now, what do we do? Because uh, the reality is that we have weeds. Right? And sometimes the reality is that those weeds got really big when I wasn't noticing. And now the, the weeds and the roots are all intertwined and I, I don't know quite what action to take. I don't know what direction to go in. And if I pull out the weed, it might cause so much damage and it maybe isn't worth it. But on the other hand, right, we need to protect the people that we love. We need to take care of them. And so we place it in the arms of Jesus. I don't know what your particular situation today might be. I don't know what kinds of, of things all of you are, are struggling with. It might be time for you as well to hold your son or daughter tightly in your arms and say, you can't go out with those people that drink all the time. I can smell alcohol on his breath. You can't go with them right now. It might be a time for you to have to, to sit back and say, you know what, I, I let this weed take such Root, I have to just leave it in Jesus' hands. He says he is going to come back and separate the weeds uh, from the wheat. Uh, I, if I try to do something, maybe it'll cause too much damage. Uh, the whole crop might be ruined. I, I don't know. Uh, that could be the case. But whatever place you're in, whatever it is you feel that you need to do, always remember Jesus died for your sin. And Jesus knows what you're going through. Jesus stands closer than a brother. Jesus has been in each of these situations. He himself of his 12 disciples found that one was a weed. He allowed that man, Judas, to remain within his inner circle. He allowed things to play out as God willed them to be. Judas went to his place, though, didn't he? He was lost. And only 11 of those 12 men were saved in the end. It's not a place that we want to be, is it? It's not a place we want our family members. It's not a place that we want to ever have to walk through. And so we go and we tell. We don't go again to people and say, oh, you're a weed, you need to hear this. No, that's not it. But we go and we tell people of the love of Jesus Christ who came into this world as a tiny baby, giving up all the power that he had in heaven, that he might walk among us. 
He experienced everything just as we do. He knows what it is to be exhausted. He knows what it is to be hungry. He knows what it is to suffer hardship. He knows what it is to suffer through a terrible, terrible death. He's been there. Mocked, ridiculed, rejected by those closest to him. He's walked the places that you walk. And he loves you all the same. Remember Jesus. When you deal with these difficult situations in your life, strive all the more to be like him and share his love always. Amen. And may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in your hearts and minds now and always. Amen.